So we have the conscious mind and the subconscious mind working together. Over time, we can take the thoughts that start off conscious, we can move them subconscious. Some other subconscious things that you might not even be aware of is your breathing, your heart beating. You know, you don't consciously think about the space that your tongue takes up in your mouth. But now that I brought it to your attention, you probably are. And lots of you are going, oh, yeah, it's quite big in my mouth. Weird things like this that our body doesn't even think about. We breathe naturally. Our heart beats naturally. All these subconscious behaviors happen. Good morning, good afternoon, and good evening. My name is Jake, and you are listening to The Success Shift, a show where perfection does not exist, but learning and growth take center stage. Have you ever felt stuck, like you're doing all the work but not getting the results? Maybe you feel like there's something missing. Perhaps there is some sort of internal shift that's needed to really get you to that next stage of success. Well, buckle up and join me as we jump into the minds of those who have been successful in their field and dive a little deeper into what is actually needed to get you to that next level. Is success just a state of mind? Does believing you're successful act as a catalyst to greater success? Is it something we can work on or are some people just luckier than others? No matter what you're into or where your passion lies, if you're wanting change or a shift in perspective, then you are definitely going to want to tune in. All right, good morning, good evening, good afternoon, everybody. Welcome to another episode of The Success Shift. Today is a bank holiday in the States, so we've got a bit of a smaller group with us, But um, and trading will not be happening this afternoon. Most of us who trade US 30 take bank holidays as a holiday. Um, so I'm going to use this opportunity to sort of get into a little bit of the conscious and subconscious stuff that we have discussed quite a bit on this podcast something that i do really like to delve into as i believe that once you start to understand the difference between conscious and subconscious and can differentiate between what is a conscious thought what is a subconscious thought and how we can actually manipulate the subconscious that's when you really start to get those mindset shifts and that's when you really start to get that growth but we have to understand that like everything it takes practice it takes training it takes awareness it takes knowledge and it takes repetition Repetition and repetition with discipline, what we were talking about last week. <clears throat> so I know that conscious and subconscious are terms that get thrown around quite a lot, especially when you hear, hear mindset, especially where you hear personal development um, and a sort of a behavior, shall we say. Uh, but often it can be a little bit vague. It can be a little bit misunderstood. And so I really want to try and differentiate what the difference is between conscious and subconscious, giving some examples and really trying to get an understanding of awareness so that we can understand whether this is a conscious behavior or a subconscious behavior that is being brought to fruition by what we're doing in the current moment. So with that, I want to bring some gratitude first, as we always do, to audibles and audiobooks. Um, at the end of, actually, just before my baby was born, I really got into some fitness and started listening to audibles on my jog. And then when things got a little bit tougher and I got a bit more tired, I moved back to music because I love music. I'm a musician at heart and that was great. But I found that my brain wasn't being activated in the same way. And then I stopped jogging altogether. But now that I've got back into it, into the year with the discipline, I've started listening to audiobooks again. And I think it's absolutely amazing way to learn. There's pros and cons. Pros are my blood's flowing, my, my brain's active, everything's moving in the right direction. So I can really brainstorm on ideas when I'm jogging and listening to audibles. 
negatives are sometimes my brain goes off on a tangent and starts running and I miss half the audible and I either need to go back or just try and refocus because my brain's just done it's what it's wonderful thing and wandered into a deep deep thought process and um come out come come out the other side somewhere completely different so I love audibles now I never used to like them matter of fact I didn't even like reading two or three years ago I think I was 27 when I first got into reading Uh, my mom when I was younger would always push me She'd be like, Jake, you got to read, you got to read. And I'd be like, no, I want to go play sport. I want to be active. Um, and now I love it. I absolutely love it. I try to read 10 pages a day. That doesn't always happen, but I'm trying to get more discipline in that and grow into it. So I'm grateful for my mom's persistence in getting me to read. I didn't go down the reading of um, fiction like she was kind of pushing. I found personal growth and development and went down nonfiction, but I love it. And audibles have sort of stepped up that game so I can combine being active as well as reading. So I highly recommend to anyone who's looking for a bit of time, you know, time is a valuable thing that we often say we never have enough of, but, you know, stacking those habits and behaviors. So when you go for a walk, find yourself half an hour, put an audible in. Or if you, if you do jog or exercise, instead of listening to music, put audible in. Now, don't get me wrong. Sometimes I need music to pump me up. So like I was saying at the start of the year, my discipline now is to press play on some music so I get my push-ups and so I get my body warm. And then when I go out for my jog, I switch to an audible. So I've got a lot of gratitude for them. Um, chuck your gratitude in the chat. I know there's a smaller group, but I would love to hear what you're grateful for today. Um, we have, I'm very grateful to have finally had a restful sleep while working on call shifts the last three days. Yeah, shifts, especially on call shifts can really mess with your sleep patterns. I used to do... Um, orderly work in the hospital and it wasn't on call um, but it was shift work and so sometimes I do nights and then sometimes I do um, days and then I'd be on the afternoons and because I was a casual it, they'd call me up you know can you do today can you do tomorrow and so it was very sort of short notice shift work and it can really mess with your sleep so I'm glad you got a good night's sleep sleep is very valuable as I am learning with a new baby boy who hasn't quite grasped the understanding of sleep cycles through the night but it's very valuable. So I'm glad you're getting some much needed rest. So got to have a visit with the friend and stay with on call. Nice. I'm grateful today because 15 years ago, my sweet, loving, energetic boy was born. Ah, happy birthday. Grateful that God entrusted me to be his mum. Grateful for the lovely human he is and the man he is becoming, feeling grateful and blessed this morning. Well, I hope in 15 years I can have the exact same gratitude for my son. I think that's lovely, Tamika. Absolutely wonderful. I'm grateful for relationship, connection with friends and family are strong and well. Human connection is such a gift. It really is. Um, Human connection is such a gift. That's a real trigger for me at the moment. Um, Being a traveler who has decided to wander the world, you do lose a bit of connection with those close friends from home and finding long-term friends while traveling can actually be very difficult. Now, this is a choice that I made and so you live with those choices. But now that I've settled here in Germany, there's language barriers, there's work opportunities, there's cultural differences that all hinder the process of finding those friends and also as an adult you friendship like any other relationship takes time effort and energy and with a newborn that's something that i have very little of and so those human connections those good friends those strong long-term connections that you've got cherish them stick with them and really hold on to them because they can be very valuable especially when times get hard or especially when you're feeling down, it's nice to have that connection. Now, thanks to the lovely internet, I have the ability to call up my friends and I still have really good friends at home, but it's not the same as that face-to-face human interaction and connection that, you know, can be very valuable for one's mood and general well-being, I guess. 
<clears throat> so thank you for sharing gratitude. I love to hear it. And like I said, we will always find gratitude because it is the one thing with consistency that can change your life completely. We need to focus on the positive things, the happy things, the joyous things, and get our mind out of the negative and start focusing on that, which makes us happy. And gratitude is the fastest and best way to do that, I find. And having that moment of looking, okay, what am I grateful for today? And going through the, the list of things that you might be grateful for and then finding something like, oh, that's right. You know, this actually does bring me so much joy. So very important. Go and stick with that. Now, today, as I said, we're going to talk about conscious versus subconscious. To begin, I want to really just delve into what is the difference between conscious and subconscious? The difference between subconscious and conscious can, I think, often be a little bit convoluted, a little bit confusing, especially if you're new to personal growth and development, um, especially if you're new to diving deep within the mind, the brain, and all the above. Now, you may hear me talk a lot on this about three different brains. We have the emotional brain or the chimp, as is referred to in the chimp paradox. We have the logical brain or the human and then we have the computer or what I like to call the subconscious brain. Now, both the human and the chimp or the emotional and the logic, I believe to be conscious brains. And the subconscious or computational is the subconscious brain. Now, what do these brains do? So the best way to look at this is I think the subconscious brain is like the computer. Everything in there is hardwired. It's almost instinctive. It's stuff that you do without thinking. So if you have to think about it, or if you, it pops into your head that you're going to do something before you actually do it, that's usually a conscious thought or a conscious reaction. Now, an example of this, let's say you put your hand on a hot stove. You're not going to stop and go, oh, this is actually quite hot. Or my hand's burning. Actually, I think I should move my hand away from this. No, you usually shout, scream, and move your hand extremely fast. It's a subconscious reaction. Your brain knows now at this age that the instantaneous feeling of that burn is going to cause you pain and discomfort and um, injury. And so you react almost instinctively and pull your hand away. This is a subconscious reaction. A conscious reaction is, say, someone is talking to you and they start to say something that's mean and you start to look inside and go, hang on, that really hurts. And these emotions come up and you start to then logically go, this isn't really nice. I'm going to walk away. Or you emotionally go, hey, fuck you and respond with whatever emotional response comes back. So I think the best way to define this is if you have to think about it or if you have that processing time that is able to think about it, then it's usually a conscious thought. Now, often what will happen is our brain very quickly runs down a path of conscious thoughts and it can maybe seem a bit subconscious. So maybe you're, um, I don't know, you're talking about what you did on the day and then next, today, sorry, to a friend, and then next minute you're on the topic of what you're going to be cooking for dinner. Now, this is a conscious trail of thoughts that have gone from one to the next to the next to the next, but sometimes you go, how do we get, how do we get here? Now, this is just repetition and i think this is starting to get to the point between conscious and subconscious one of the best examples i could give for this is when you're driving a car now when you first learn to drive a car nothing is subconscious everything you do is a conscious thought it's terrifying and you're freaking out about every little thing okay my indicator is on do i check my blind spot you know have i 
got anyone around me and my lights on is it dark enough i'm in the middle of the road am i pushing enough on the accelerator all these things are going through your brain at a million miles an hour and it can be stressful it can be panicky you're learning a new skill it feels like chaos but that's because all of these concepts are consciously going through your brain but what happens 20 30 40 years later you've been driving for a while and you drive the same route home from work and a, a thought comes in, a conscious thought comes in. And what happens? Your brain goes into thinking mode and you think, oh, yeah, that's right. That's what I'm going to have for dinner. What do we have in the fridge? Oh, maybe I got this. And then your conscious mind is settling on a thought process that's completely tangible to driving a car. You get down to the end of this road. There's one particular road that I had at home. It was kind of like through this um, bush area. And this happened to me all the time because I, like, I think the nature would trigger a thought. And then I get to the end. And I'm like, whoa, how did I get here? And scarcely enough, my brain has repeatedly has done the act of driving a car so often that I can change gears without thinking. I can look in my rearview mirror without consciously thinking. I can make sure that I'm at the right speed limit without consciously thinking. And all these things become natural. They become so instinctive and subconscious because we've done them over and over again. Put some ones in the chat if you've ever had that situation where you're driving along and you're like whoa okay i just got to the end of this road and i can't even really remember driving on the road it just happened that i'm left a and got to b and if that doesn't happen to you and you're much more concentrated on the road then that's great <laughs> but it has happened to me and that's because once we do something enough times it starts to move from the conscious to the subconscious and this exact process I believe to be the key to success. If we can choose what we want to take from the conscious to the subconscious and do it often enough with enough discipline that it is now subconscious, when we've got those chosen habits into our subconscious, that is when we're really going to start succeeding. And so I believe the process to becoming successful is deciding what subconscious habitual behaviors you want and having the discipline to, to go through them over and over again enough times so that they turn from conscious to subconscious. Now, another example of this can be with your, I know there's a lot of Canadians on this, call often snowboarding or skiing. When you first start skiing or snowboarding, nothing is subconscious. You're worrying about your weight. You're like backside, toe side, where am I? Where is everyone else on the mountain? You're looking at 101 different things. There's people coming left. There's people coming right. Am I going too fast? Am I going too slow? Am I going to make it over this hill? Is there trees in the way? All these thoughts, bang, 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 firing through your brain. It's quite impressive how many thoughts you can have go through your brain at once. It can be overwhelming. It can be daunting. But you do these things over and over again. What happens five, 10 years later? <clears throat> or for some, if you pick it up quickly after a season, you're cruising down the hill. You don't even think about whether you're on toe side or heel side. You don't even concern yourself about the four people that are also on the mountain with you because you know your spatial reasoning is more than enough. You can sing along to your favorite song because you know how to control the board or the skis. So does it make sense how these acts of going from conscious to subconscious happen over time? Now, the other way to make things go from conscious to subconscious is by trauma, shock trauma. So you may have heard me say this before, but two ways to get things into the subconscious is repetition or shock trauma. Now, let's say you're in a car accident. Back to our car driving example. You come to an intersection, you forget to look left or right, depending on which country you're driving in. Sorry, that's probably my Australian instinct coming in there. You get to look left or right. You pull out, you get hit by a car from the side. 
I can almost guarantee you that every single junction you go to next time you get in the car, if you, two things happen there, you either don't get in the car and you, you're traumatized and you, you don't drive again, or you get back on the road. And every time you get to an intersection, you're going to look left so many times because you're going to have that traumatic experience stuck in your brain that goes, look left, look left, look left, look left. I don't want that again. I do not want that again. And so this shock trauma has snapped this into your subconscious because you don't want to experience that feeling again. <clears throat> so we have the conscious mind and the subconscious mind working together. Over time, we can take the thoughts that start off conscious, we can move them subconscious. Some other subconscious things that you might not even be aware of is your breathing, your heart beating. You know, you don't consciously think about the space that your tongue takes up in your mouth. But now that I brought it to your attention, you probably are. And lots of you are going, oh, yeah, it's quite big in my mouth. Weird things like this that our body doesn't even think about. We breathe naturally. Our heart beats naturally. All these subconscious behaviors happen. And once we can get our ideal behaviors, disciplined jogging is my current one. You know, emotional restraint on the charts, one of the biggest ones that all of us are struggling with, which I'll delve into in a bit. Or once we can get, you know, the the idea of um, fear or all these other ones out of our subconscious, this transition. So while we can bring things into subconscious, we can also take things out, unlearning subconscious behaviors. So how do we do this? How do we bring conscious behaviors into our subconscious and subconscious behaviors out? It's awareness. We have to bring awareness to it. It's kind of like I'm guessing, you know, the, the steps for addicts and recoveries and you've got to find awareness and then you've got to go through the process. Now, I don't know what these steps are, but it's the same concept where we have to bring attention to the thing that we want to change, whether it's adding it to our subconscious or removing it from. Now, habits can be learned and unlearned, just like fears can be learned and unlearned. The only two fears that we're actually born with is the fear of falling and the fear of loud noises. And so everything else that you fear in life has been learned. And thus, it can be unlearned. So we have to bring awareness to these behaviors, number one. <clears throat> then, <clears throat> once we brought awareness to them, we have to keep repeatedly bringing awareness and decide whether we want to increase this behavior or decrease this behavior. So let's go with a good habit. I'm going to use jogging because that's what one that's real to me at the moment. Bring attention to it. Okay, I have to think about it. Bring up the idea. So now I've got a tally of days on the whiteboard near me so I can see visually. Oh, that's right. This is a tally for jogging. I'm bringing awareness to this behavior that I want to drive into my subconscious. <clears throat> At the moment, I have to think about it. I have to get my energy up. I go, okay, Jake, you got to go for your jog today. And it's on my mind for a long time before there's enough emotion in me that's going to be disappointed if I don't do it compared to energy required to doing it that i go all right it's time to get down and actually do it today take it off the list then the action happens so my thought of thinking about it leads to enough emotion which leads to the action this is all conscious behaviors and then <clears throat> the result of that is that i'm getting fitter and so over time what i'm trying to do is not have this bit in between so maybe i see the tally on my board and without thinking about all the effort, the hassle, I'm like, oh, yeah, jog. I just straight up, shoes on, out the door. Happy, enjoyable, subconscious thought. 
It doesn't have to be a process of, I need to jog today. I've got to go do it. These are the conscious behaviors that are still there. This is why for me, discipline is so important because I'm hoping that over time, my goal being 365 days, come day 100, I don't have to think about this anymore. It's starting to drill into that subconscious. Now, this can be the same for unlearning things. <clears throat> Let's say you wake up and you have a coffee every morning and you want to stop drinking coffee. So what do we do? We wake up, we bring attention to this subconscious behavior. Maybe you wake up, you slumber over. All right, open the cupboard, start putting your coffee. Like most people can also make coffee on autopilot now. It's, you know, that subconscious. <clears throat> you might even be reading a book and next minute, know you've got a coffee in your hand. Now, if you want to remove this, now I'm not saying you have to, but this is just an example of one. We need to start bringing attention to that behavior. And start tracking how often we are doing these things or how often we want to stop doing these things. So attention and tracking. And then you want to start finding a reward or some kind of benefit to either doing or undoing these habits. So say you don't want to drink coffee anymore and you can consciously stop yourself for a week in a row then maybe you can put $50 into a savings for something nice that you want to um, buy. I mean, if you went out to Starbucks these days, put $7 a coffee, seven days a week, seven sevens of 49, that's $50, $50 right there. I know those big gourmet ones are like $6.50 or something around here. So you can start to substitute this negative behavior for something kind of reward. So once we brought attention to it, once we repetitively, repetitive, repeatedly acknowledged the behavior in our conscious mind, then we can start to do rewards. Now, once this system becomes fluid and over and repeated over time, you will happily then not even think about the coffee and be putting $50 into savings for something bigger, for something brighter. Now you're starting to switch your conscious beha your subconscious behaviors of I'm drinking coffee every morning to I'm putting $50 a week into my savings. And over time, rep repetition, <clears throat> you're now just saving money. So it's really important, I think, to understand what behaviors are conscious and what behaviors are subconscious. And now I'm going to discuss more on this tomorrow, but just briefly, I think when we're talking about behavior on the charts, our conscious behaviors are those that we know we should be doing, like disciplined trading, following your trading rules holding off, having patience, all these things. But our subconscious behaviors are that which is emotion-driven. Now, when you first start trading, nothing will be subconscious apart from your response to gains or losses of money. Because when trading, the only thing that you're kind of bringing in from the outside world is a relationship with money that's either hurt when you lose it, happy when you've gained it, or vice versa. Some people don't get sad by losing money just depending on their relationship with it and where they've come from. But the only thing that is subconscious when coming into learning trading is how you respond to your profits or losses. If you go on the chart and lose $1,000, that's going to hit you in an emotional way with a subconscious that you have to start reprogramming. And this is why 
tracking your emotions and understanding your relationship with money and other emotional triggers is the number one thing I believe to becoming successful at trading because these are the subconscious behaviors that we have already. And we need to start bringing attention to them, tracking them, and hopefully over time, manipulating them to be beneficial for us in trading and not negative. Does that make sense? Okay, now, Christine, I know your question was about um, the subconscious and conscious behaviors on trading, and this is what I want to spend all day tomorrow talking about. Um, but what I wanted to do today was get a real big understanding of the difference between conscious and subconscious. They are two very different things. We have three brains, so that I refer to as, you know, we've got the logical, the human, and then the computational. The computation are those automatic things that we don't think about that are programmed into us that just fire away and just do the things without thinking. The human and the chimp or the logic and the emotion are the conscious brains where sometimes we have a battle between our emotion and our logic. We're like, hang on, you know, logic brain is definitely conscious. And I think the emotional brain the sub, is sort of that one that lingers in between because the emotions can often fire off behaviors of subconscious behaviors. So when we have an emotion, when a logical brain thinks of something or when an emotion is fired due to some conscious act, there will be a subconscious reaction that sometimes our emotions will trigger. And that's why we need to be consciously aware of the emotions that we're having and how they react or how, how we react to them. So that linkage between what the emotion brings up and then how our body instantaneously reacts to that emotion is the key aspect to reducing those subconscious bad habits that we have while trading. Okay. So tomorrow we are going to dive deep into the conscious versus subconscious on the charts. And um, if you have any questions re regarding that, please write them down today and ask me tomorrow and we can really dive into this because I think this topic I will talk about for the next few days because I think it really is one of the key aspects to making or breaking a trader, the conscious versus subconscious behaviors and how we can adjust them. All right, everybody, thank you so much for showing up. I always love it. Even on public holidays, I have a small group of you and it's absolutely amazing. Um, I appreciate you all so much. There will be no trading today. Well, I mean, you can trade on your own, but I think the charts will be very slow. I will not be. I'll be back tomorrow talking a lot about this conscious subconscious on the charts. Um, enjoy your day. It's a lovely Monday. Well, it is here. The sun's out. So um, go and enjoy the day off. Uh, have some fun. Make some relationships with with people. Interact with humans. Do all the things that uh, our lovely human desires. But for now, I'll speak to you tomorrow. And thank you all. Bye.